from Rule 62 Studios in Bossier City, Louisiana, this is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Episode 28. Yeah. (laughs) Said that in my best post-Halloween voice I could possibly say it in. It's always the best time of the year, post-Halloween. By the way, the uh, last episode, if you missed it, talks about holidays. And uh, (laughs) didn't really mention Halloween on there, but I guess if you got a candy thing going on. But um, we didn't mention Halloween, but we did talk about the holidays and dealing with holidays and uh, some of the stuff, struggles we face. And I threw a couple other things in there. So pretty good episode. My, my, My name is Mike. And I'm here today with Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hey, guys. And Jill. Hello. And we are going to record an episode of The Grouch and Brainstorm. And today's choice of topic. Now, the reason why I picked this topic is, one, because we just finished Step 9. We did Step 9, talking about 8 and 9 with Jane, I believe, was in Mm -hmm. in the studio. We talked about Steps 8 and 9 and the things that go in there. And Step 9 has some things that go along with it and um they're called the ninth step promises right so uh i remember coming in so we're going to talk about the ninth step promises we're going to talk about the promises and i remember coming into the rooms and we had a promises meeting every wednesday back when i got to the koala club and that's that's been a while ago, but I think we still may have a promises mm-hmm. meeting. Wednesday. Yeah, okay. So, well, we switch on. Sometimes we talk about the promises. Sometimes we talk about principles, you know. But we've never, even in the past 12 years, we've never really geared away from either one of those. I think one time we did have a step, but now we have a step meeting every Saturday and a big book study every Sunday. So, we, but we discussed the promises. I was not interested in the promises. I just, number one, I do not like promises I, I don't like the word. It just didn't resonate with me well. Um, second, you hear these people talk. You don't know what's going on. And you hear, uh, you know, we can't guarantee you anything, you know, except for different. You'll get different. We can't guarantee you it's going to get better. But then you have this promises that we always talk about. These promises. <laughs> what the hell? How do you, how can you promise me anything? Okay. Um until you get down to the very end of the promises and when it says, are these extravagant <laughs> promises? Absolutely. Well, we, well, in early recovery. In early recovery, <laughs> yeah. yes. And now you look back on them after a few years of recovery and, and yeah, you know, they're still extravagant problems. They're, they're still not extravagant, but they are, they're still things that, um, you know, you hang on to your recovery, you do what you're supposed to do and they're going to they're happen. They're going to happen naturally. So going to open up by reading usually i just you know we talk and shoot the breeze for a while but i'm going to go ahead and open it up and then we're going to go back and we'll discuss these promises and our experiences with the promises so and i'll just read it if we are painstaking about this phase of our development we will be amazed before we are halfway through halfway through what the steps <laughs> halfway through step nine or the steps <laughs> I would say the steps when after like five. Okay. I, I could be wrong. No, I'm not there. I don't know if there's a right answer here. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, you know, question. yeah, <laughs> I'm sure somebody is going to email us or call us. Maybe this will dr- actually draw someone to yes, the phone line. Yes. But, um, I can say from experience that before I was halfway through with the steps, but we call these the nice step promises. How about that? So, 
Um, and we also, you know, we talk about when we go into step 10, we'll talk about it because while we continue to clean up the past, we live this new, new way of life, you know, basically is what it says in step 10. So we're still cleaning up. We're still doing step nine, right? I still have one amends left to make from all those years ago. Okay. Um, so, but if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we're, we'll be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if, and if is in italics, we work for them. And that is the nine step promises. So, we're going to break them down. Let's break it down. Should be some music right there. Some of that Coleman music. We're going to break them down. And we go, hey. We're going to break them down. Let's see. Can we play that funky music? Let's see. I don't know. We're going to break them down. Okay. Whoa. Albert Levine's going to break them down for us. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Mike, you're a terrible DJ, man. <laughs> I well, got- I love to talk about the nine step promises because, well, like probably with any newcomer, I remember being in treatment and reading that and just crying. I I cried a lot in treatment, like a lot. Um, And those made me cry. Because you're right. made you cry? Yeah. Okay. It was an extravagant promise. I mean, it was like, you expect these things to happen in my life. None of that had ever happened. That's crazy. Like, how do you know? And, yeah, I mean, I definitely was in a hopeless state of mind at that point and never thought things would ever really change. But I did work the program. And throughout, I guess, the years, they all have come true and they've stayed true. Now, I was on that sometimes slowly bus. And it took quite a while and I think it's just more of me like growing spiritually is how like I stay at ease when it comes to those. Um, it's really based on my spiritual, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Growth. Well, condition, condition. Absolutely. Because I can easily, if I get in a pissy mood or if I'm not into meetings, I will start thinking that I need stuff that I, you know, that I can't afford or whatever that is. And then I start feeling financially insecure. Like it's all about how 
I take care of my sobriety and, you know, stay in, in touch with my spirituality because I feel like I will lose those if I don't. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll get irritable, restless, discontent, and, and then those will all kind of like slip away uh, as far as that. But um, they all came true. And I really like I still to this day remember crying, thinking this will never be me. And you don't understand, like, I've never had this kind of stuff happen in my life. And it's it's beautiful to me to realize, like, wow, how did the I mean, like, how did they know? Had to be from experience. Mm-hmm. But who's to say that, like, well, just because we went through it, everybody will. Yeah. And uh, I just think that's wild. It's definitely hard. Hard. It's something hard to be sold on. It absolutely is. And then for you to say, are these extra, extravagant pro- promises? We think not. Like, <laughs> excuse you. Yeah. Who the hell are you? Well, they didn't because they had worked the steps. I did because I hadn't worked them yet. So I thought that's not. But that's happening. a lot for a newcomer to read and <clears throat> be like, I'm in, man. Because that just sounds. T- I mean. To me, it was yeah. complete bullshit. Yeah, I got to call. I got to go with you on that. I mean, mm-hmm. complete. Yeah, I didn't even want to look at them, man. I just. Like, I mean, I'm just. That's, telling- that's for all these people that talk all this heavy <laughs> game in here. Well, that definitely it definitely wasn't going to be something that I would experience, and the fact that I did still makes me want to cry because looking back where I was, that yeah. was the scariest place I've ever been, and. It, it, it just, it gives me, gives me hope. It gives me, it, it just, those started coming true. It just encouraged spiritual growth and, um, you know, persistence to do just that because like things were coming true that I never thought would. Isn't it crazy how that works? Yeah. It absolutely is crazy. And so now, I mean, now that I have faith, now that I believe, now that I have a higher power, believe in a higher power, it's like I have hope for things that I never thought I would because a point in my life, I thought those never would. So I just, I, I just, I know I keep saying how it's just profound. It really is. Because though. I knew they wouldn't. I knew the steps wouldn't work. I knew all of that. And I'm glad I got proved wrong. I'm so glad of glad of that because I was very narrow minded at that point and closed off to anything spiritual, religious or anything that would even suggest my life would be better. Yeah. What about you? man? Cause we, well, because we I think cause we just don't know any other way to be. So it just seems so. Um, you know, I, I, I'm like Jill, a lot of what Jill said is it's, you come in there and you're sitting in there every day and you're reading that stuff up on the wall and it's like, yeah, it's not going to happen, you know? So, um, they don't know who they got over here. Right. You know, so, uh, I had literally prepared myself just to be restless, irritable, and discontent, for lack of a better word, for the rest of my life. Yeah. So oh, like, absolutely. Kind of weird on to, that one, too. I'm just going to have to tough this one out, you know? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> in the next life, I'll thing. be. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, how lame it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, this is getting ready to suck. So, um, you know, and then everybody's in there laughing and joking, and I'm like, 
they're on something though you know they got to be something's going on and but i kept going and then uh, started looking up as i went along and little things were starting to be a little true and i was like okay i can see what they're saying on this it's not happening yet but i you know and and um I always tell this like the financial freedom thing you know the the different promises that are in there you you have to look at all that with gratitude as well and i don't think there's anybody that has any amount of time in the program or in recovery that that does not have gratitude like i don't know anybody and why still be there if you well i mean i think i think you i like the old man at the park i hate everybody and i hate this bench (laughs) yeah i mean but i mean to 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 come from where you did to where you are you know i and i've had sponsees go well i don't i don't have 10 grand in the bank now and and all this stuff i remember riding in my beat-up car and looking at this was when a promise started to come true and i could see the light and there was a paycheck laying on my console in this old car, and I was about six months out of treatment, and that paycheck had been there for two days, and I hadn't cashed it. It was your paycheck, I, right? You know how many thrifty <laughs> liquors I drove by that uh-huh. I didn't go in and cash that check? And I went, holy crap. There's something. That check's still laying there. And I had no money. There was no financial freedom. I wasn't Donald Trump, okay, a billionaire. But I had a little bit of breathing room yeah and it wasn't uh the the freedom to go okay this is this is working a little bit here and those are the things it's built on and just for the record i still have no money and don't care well and that's what i was trying to say earlier have paychecks it's it's a state of mind then i didn't have any money and i was so scared and i was it was like, what am I going to do with my life? How am I going to pay off all this debt? Well, 13 years later, I am still cleaning up the wreckage of my past, my financial wreckage. Hey, man. Pile and it up. <laughs> I, I did. I definitely did. And, uh, and it's like, well, I know that's true, and I still owe money, and there's still things I'd rather spend my money on, but I'm financially secure. And so it was like a a mind shift, but I also have a job now also have benefits and I can save money and I can spend money, but am I making a ton of money? Not a ton, but I have everything that I need, but my mindset has totally changed. My, my ways of thinking have when it comes to money, but I've also been smart and I've been, you know, working on it one day I will be, and that will be pretty cool. Well, you know, and, and I think it's uh, it's it's interesting, you know, for lack of better words, that we we jump straight to that promise. <laughs> <laughs> Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. And for some reason, when we discuss that promise in open meeting, they always leave out the fear of people part. Mm-hmm. Like sure. there's, there's there's fear of people and of economic sure. insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fear of is is my big deal because I used to read that and go I I think most people have economic insecurity, you know just nothing's a given no matter how you look at yeah. it. Most people I know, I mean uh, so not the, sober or sober, but the fear of it, yeah, that's, right that's to sit around it, yeah. and live in fear of this, you know right you, right you know if you if you ain't got it you you know you ain't got it mm-hmm. you know and you but you'd also don't have to pretend like you have it either. True. Right. You don't have to none of that. The fear of economic insecurity will leave us. You know, the um 
And, and who knows, you know, that may be one of those promises that, you know, as I discussed in our last episode, you know, maybe one of those things that came true for the people in my life when I got sober, you know, the, the because I was, I didn't care. I just didn't care, you know. Um, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Let's talk about that one for a second. How that about, also makes me want to cry. Well, Jill, is that why you jump straight? Jill's going to the gonna cry the whole episode, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Get well, ready. No. I tell you what, for everyone, including Wendy, <laughs> just absolutely loves Jill and uh, wants her to talk more. Yes. So maybe this is the one that, you this know. This is the episode she breaks out. So well, her breakout episode. I have had such profound changes. It's like night and day. And to go from one you know, polar opposite to the other. I just remember, you know, throughout the decades, I would, you know, look at my mom and just cry and just say, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to yeah. know what that means. I, I want to feel that because I didn't for so long. And I would cry and just be like, why, why can't I have happiness? And I, I found that in sobriety and it's just wild. And, and that's what it took me getting off of drugs and alcohol and, and, and actually, I mean, that wasn't exactly what made me happy, but I meant like, uh, you work in the steps and, and, and doing that is what brought peace and happiness. And the fact that I have that now is really nice. I mean, it is, it's lovely. I think yeah. that's a perfect word for that. And freedom from the bondage of self. Well, I'm working on it. Well, <laughs> that might be all of us. Right. I really do feel like it is all of us. If, if. But doesn't that peace come from when you can identify something and go, I'm working on it, and you know you're really working on it? Yeah. I will versus, always work on that. Is it, yeah. Uh, versus, oh, I'm cured or I'm, this is Well, I can, or, I can think of things like in my life that if, you know, something just pops up and I'm just naturally worried about it. And I think to myself, that's just me. And I can move on, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just me. I'm just going to worry about it no matter what. I move on to the next the next episode or whatever it is. You know, there's things in the book tells you to do, by the way. You know, reach out to somebody, go help somebody, whatever. But um, but knowing a new freedom, and this is supposedly new, you know. I don't know. I've been, I was in bondage myself since I was a kid. Yeah. You know, so being able to look outside of yourself, you know, we talked about this in the last episode. I'm mm -hmm. listening to the smartest person I know, and that's me, and that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> you know. There's a lot to be said about that, uh, freedom from bondage. I mean, it's like whatever it is to you. To me, it was my self-pity. It was the negative self-talk. It was uh, just overwhelming depression and anxiety especially I wouldn't even say anxiety panic attacks like I just don't have those anymore and I, I don't like live in self-pity like I used to and and intentionally harm not intentionally but unintentionally harm myself by trying to kill myself through drugs and alcohol yeah. mm -hmm. like I have a total new freedom and I mean it's it's like wow thanks steps well, and here's the strange as it is for me, um, I get a new freedom and, and especially a new happiness when I spend time with my AA family. Oh, God. Yeah. If, if that, you know, I used to, you know, I could go to work to avoid um, 
however I felt. I could drink to avoid however I felt. Go pretend to be somebody I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it was. And you go to, the, you, you get this AA family and it's like, they don't give a shit. They're all thinking about themselves too, right? And and you, and then I'm happy with them. Like yeah. there's this, this uh, amazing bond, no matter where you go in the world, right? Any meeting I go to, um, there's just this strange and amazing bond that makes me happy, right? You're right. I mean, this even even today when you guys showed up, I'm happier. <laughs> we can tell you're. I talking. normally don't have that effect <laughs> on on people. You know, it's the opposite. <laughs> oh, oh, stop! Matt's here. There's the police. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Oh, I've got a button for that. Hang on. <laughs> I uh, you know, the AA family thing, um is is just it's you want to say second family but it's 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 just family it's just part yeah. of my family and uh yeah. you know it's I, I was going through my phone looking for something the other day and i was like oh my god like how many people are in this program that i have their phone number it's unbelievable was you doing it to find us a guest no no well yes, i did the on, same thing on one i did yes but this was on a different deal um but i was looking for a certain number but um yeah, I mean, I, I've just, my life has been in a, integrated with that and everywhere around me is just recovery people and, and program people. And that's, that's kind of how I like to roll, you know? So, yeah. I, yeah. No, I get it. I and get our, it. and our text threats. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can't tell me it bring doesn't bring in public. It does bring joy, but, uh, some of us are sicker than others. Well, a, lot of, a lot of the folks in, in our recovery family have a really sick sense of humor. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah, and, I uh, am too. Thank yeah. God there's a group of people to keep me out of prison that I can text <laughs> as well because it, then it doesn't get out. You, know? you don't you don't, you don't always say, I wonder what they're going to think if I do this. <laughs> These people don't care. You know, this little group don't care. So, uh, it's it's uh, sometimes if you can gross me out, you know, you're doing something and I'm shocked sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> and wow. that's, that's, that is a new freedom for us. It sure. is. I mean, it is sure. for me, you know. Sure. Um, you know, I, uh, Cal, Cal has not been on here yet, but he is, he said he would. And, uh, he's working out of town. He's, he's awesome. But, uh, I figured out him real quick. Him and I pretty much roll the same up in our head. And that's same uh, way. Same with, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, that. uh, it's, uh, it's pretty funny though, you know? So, yeah. And then I came along, you're like a, Jill. <laughs> a Jill. woman, but me and Cal look like degenerates. Jill looks like, you know, a, a school teacher, Sunday school <laughs> librarian. <Yeah. laughs> But she's worse than me and Cal combined. I'm just going to say it. Someone you know, so. told and me the other day I look like a school teacher. What the hell is that kudos, supposed to mean? Kudos to Jill on the Halloween costume. Yes. Now, did you see it? Uh, no. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, uh, um, and I know the audience is probably thinking it was the naughty school teacher costume, but it was uh, Michael Myers. Oh, wow. And it was the real deal. Look at that. Dang. I scared the hell out of the people at the Halloween party sure. I went to. I just walked in. In my pocket, I had a speaker doing the Michael Myers, you yeah. know, dun, 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 whatever. And I just stood there and stared at him with my real machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that was the first question. That's your machete, right? That, yeah, real weapons would probably. Yeah. So not only does it have a, the use that it's meant for, you know, killing people. I'm just kidding. I meant, um, <laughs> you know, chopping down brush and whatnot i could and use what <laughs> you know uh speaking of halloween this is off 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 subject a little bit but i go to treatment right i'm wigging out 
still detoxing. I'm at the hallucination DT's point of this deal, right? I'm laying in there at night trying to sleep. I'm not sleeping. I'm sick. And I don't know how many people have seen that horror movie, The Purge. But yeah. they play yes. a, they play a horn when it's time for the purge and they come in and kill everybody at night and you can do whatever you want. It's like an alarm and it has this odd yeah. sound. Okay. So I had recently seen that movie before coming to treatment and I'm laying in there. Literally things are, I'm, I'm hallucinating. They end up sending me somewhere else for a few days to <laughs> get rid of that problem. But, uh, but as I'm laying in there two o'clock in the morning, this was the second day I was at this treatment center. I start hearing that horn go off for the purge in the middle of the night in the treatment center. And I went, it's, over <laughs> it's go time. This is a wrap. <laughs> like I've died and I am going to hell. You know, I'm scared to death. This goes on for two nights, two nights nah. on top of all my other issues. I'm hearing the purge horn two <laughs> nights in a row. The second night it went off about the third time it went off. I jumped up and ran down the hall to the tech and I said, are they coming to get us? Like, what's going on? And he goes, that's a dude's sleep apnea machine going on, bro. Like, that's where I was at. So it, it was. It was just beeping in his room or whatever. But, uh, yeah. So that was, that was about a Halloween as I get, you know. Yeah. So how about this one? We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Mm. You know, I'm, that brings to mind, you know, <laughs> When I hear that promise as a newcomer, I'm thinking, man, I'm making a fresh start. Why wouldn't I want to forget all that stuff? Right. Mm -hmm. right? You know, you know, of course I regret it. Yeah. I wish none of that stuff ever happened. Yep. And I, you know, regret on that one. That's kind of one of them. I regret what people around me had to endure. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, looking back on what I did as far as my own stuff, if it doesn't affect anybody else, I don't have any regrets on that because today when somebody's trying to figure it out, we, and we all can, and you can go there and go, Hey, this is where I was. And, and it's immediate, uh, street cred if mm -hmm. you will, with that person. Um, but yes, as far as the effect it had on my kids and ex-wife and yeah, family members and stuff. Yeah. I still have some regret on that. And, uh, you know, uh, I may always have a little bit, and that's probably a good thing because it sort of keeps me mindful of what I'm supposed to do today and and do better at that stuff. You're right. I mean, there's plenty of things that I wish never happened. Yeah. And I, and I probably do regret, I mean, and I do regret them, but this is the deal. Like, all of that happened for a reason, and all of that has made me stronger, and all that led me to change my behaviors. Sure. And to also help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. So I wouldn't be where I am without all of that, you know, with all the ugly and all the other things that happened, like that helped build me. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, it's just important. I wouldn't be where I am now. And then it's another thing, you know, if, if I wish to shut the door on it or I regretted it to the point to where I just shove it down. Mm -hmm. Just another one of those things to keep me sick. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And to Matt's point, though, you know, you get some really good street cred in AA whenever you can use your past as as a tool to help other people understand. You understand what they're going through. Right. Well, I don't use it. I mean, before I used to suppress it, like you were saying, and that just fueled my drinking. Mm -hmm. I used it as a crutch, but now I use it as a motivator, as a 
a way to help other people that have been through the same thing. It's funny, too. You hear people talk about stuff. Uh, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, and they go, you know, yeah, I did this, 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 and this, and this. And they name off 10 horrible things, and I was doing these things. And you go, wow, why would somebody just say that out loud like that? And uh, and you start to realize, though, that people have worked a process, and they're over it. Yeah, you know, they're over it. they've moved on in life and it's just matter of fact, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, this is what I did and, and what I was. And, uh, you can kind of hear the people that have, that have just moved on. Cause it's not an emotional deal. It's, this is what I did, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and, uh, you, you know, and the people that we hurt not necessarily have moved on. Sure. And haven't necessarily got, got over it, you know, right. um, this keeps us living that amends, you know, so. And it, again, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like Matt. I regret, you know, the things that happened to the people that I care about, you know, but it happened. Mm-hmm. I accept it, accept responsibility. Now, how can I use it to help somebody else? Right. You know, um, but as a newcomer, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm getting a fresh start. I, I want to forget all that stuff. I want to mm-hmm. shut the door on it. I don't want this stuff to creep back up on me later. And, and it just doesn't work like that when we work the process. Um, we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Pretty deep. Okay. It is. Yeah. Now, let's look at that promise. Okay. We will comprehend the word serenity. Right. We'll understand it. We will know what it is. We can we can make some form of comprehension on the word serenity, not necessarily live in serenity all the time. Mm-hmm. We'll know peace. Mm-hmm. We'll know peace. But as far as comprehending, I remember my very first experience with serenity. And <laughs> no, that's not a stripper. Hmm. Um <laughs> My very first experience <laughs> with serenity was, I, I, you know, I was out at the park with my daughter and all of a sudden there was just this, I, I, I don't know, three or four months over somewhere in there, but all of a sudden there was just this feeling of it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. what, you know, world's falling apart, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, nothing's the way I thought it would be at three months sober, right? Still didn't have everybody's trust, you know, and that includes work, that includes parents and family. Um but I really like that feeling I had that day, and it's something said inside me, just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to be okay. And at that moment, I understood serenity, you know. I wish I could pinpoint where that was in my sobriety. I think, first of all, it, hap- it had to happen physically before I got into the mental part of serenity. I, I knew that, like, once I detoxed and it had been, like, a couple of months not only that, my body stopped shaking. The insides of my body shook all the time, like for a long time, like just shook. And I just always had this shaking inside of me that stopped. My panic attacks stopped. You know, the withdrawals, everything just stopped. And for once, like I was still. And I think still could also be like another word that could describe serenity, like physically I was serene. I was in a state of fight or flight for a couple of decades. And that feeling inside of you is, is just horrific. And the fact that that was gone was like, wow, okay. Like I'm still for the first time. And then moving into the, uh, emotional, um, 
or spiritual one was was really amazing when I finally finished the steps said I knew I felt serenity yeah like I felt peace and I, now that I have felt that and I have that I mean that's not something I'm willing to give up I'm with you you know, it's, it's hard to let someone in your life that takes that away. Yeah. I, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Like I, I like, I, I, I like, I like my serenity. No one's going to mess with it. I think it spiritually too. It just comes back to when you deal with situations and you go, well, you know, this person isn't God. They don't get to make a decision on my life. I know who God is. He's in control of it. Whatever the whatever the situation may be involving people or or situations, none of that is God. He he's going to have the final say in that. And I don't get it nor do other people around me. And um that's that's a pretty calming thing to just go, you know what? It'll happen the way God wants it to happen. So I'm just going to be along for the ride and um you know, I have very little I can control and I'm just going to try to control that little bit of stuff I can and rest of it's God's deal. So, um, and yeah, it, you can breathe easy after that. It is. Once you let go of that need to control and realize like, well, I don't have to have my hands in everything. I can literally just sit back, relax and let things happen as they do. That also brought serenity. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. I mean, cause I played tug of war for really long time, you know, into five, six, seven years. Cause I just truly, thought I still had some kind of power. And now it's just like nothing gets to me now. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe something does every now and then, but that's just my, probably my either hormones or my spiritual condition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I gotta be honest here. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we don't have much about hormones in the book. <laughs> yeah. That's another book. <laughs> A whole other It whole definitely other factors into women's recovery. Oh, I imagine. And we've talked, I mean, I've talked factors a lot into of. factors ours too. Well, it's. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of us talk about that. I mean, I remember when I first got sober, I was like, just once a month, I'd just go batshit. Is that My... why they have women's meetings? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a lot of women listeners. And my uh, sponsor made me track it and was like, oh, okay, so I'm not losing my mind once a month. Mike and I both thought the harm Are y'all at the same time. That's why I'm still giggling. You're beat red, Matt. <laughs> I had to push the mic away. I mean, we, you know, we should, we have to deal with that, too, just like y'all oh, do. Oh, I'm know? sure you do. We have to deal with y'all's hormones. So. Yes, yes. It, But, you know. Yeah. Some it are is worse what than it others, is. though, I will no. say that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Some are way worse. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's a whole other deal. Yeah. So the next promise, uh, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. What do y'all think about that one? I just had this conversation with a guy, and I say a kid, he's about 20 years old at work earlier this week and he's like man i've got this this and this and he names off all this horrible stuff y'all know how we are when we get here your life's in shambles and it's insurmountable odds and he's just like ma it's over with it's over with and i just looked at him i was like what a great story this is gonna make you know like dude you you're gonna have a great story if you can stick with this and 
how many people could he help with that story? And he just looked at me like, what? And I was like, man, like, but, yeah. but he doesn't realize we're all there in one way or another. It sure doesn't feel like it when you get there. No, it doesn't. It's no. not a lot of fun, but no, uh, there ain't no way I can help anybody in here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I couldn't even help myself. So how am I supposed to help someone else? And plus, uh, when you're, I mean, the amount of self-pity and destruction I've done in my life, like, how could I possibly help someone? Right. But it took me rebuilding me and healing me and to learn that I could help others. And and that wasn't something that happened for a while. I mean, I didn't sponsor till about two and a half, three years sober because I was still like, oh, I'm so bad and I'm so... So far gone, no one understands, and that's where the one of the biggest miracles in recovery came is when I actually did that. Yeah, when you started sponsoring people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I think I realized for the first time, like, okay, wow, you're I'm not a worthless piece of shit. Yeah, and I, I've learned from over the years just from sponsoring different guys. You know, you can, you know, you get some that that have have. Uh, a worse story than yours and you get some that don't have one that's as bad as yours and just mm-hmm. kind of evens out and yeah you know just no matter how far we're always going to be able to help somebody you know and that's that's something that i never thought was possible when i got here i didn't think i'd ever be able to help anybody yeah for sure damn sure never thought i'd be doing a podcast on recovery but isn't it funny too right? talking about going down the scale helping others does not necessarily mean 10 years sobriety versus 30 days sobriety. I've had people help me that were two weeks, just got out of detox and something they said or brought up. And then, and then I talked to people that's got 40 years and, and like you guys got 10 years plus y'all help me all the time with stuff because I get to gauge kind of the direction I'm heading, you know, and uh, a lot of times y'all don't even know that, but, but uh, I listen to a lot of y'all stuff and, you know, so we, we all help each other. It, it doesn't matter time length or uh, amount of sobriety type thing, but, uh, you know, we can all help. So That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Now, that's a good one. Yeah. Will dis- disappear, like go away. That's in there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uselessness part has totally 100% gone away. I feel useful. I'm a productive member of society. I do things now. And I enjoy doing that. Self-pity, though. That's whack-a-mole for me, buddy. It's, pop, pop, pop. yeah, yeah. It's it still, but like I said, it was a character defect. I don't feel like those totally go away. I feel like they are more just, um, uh, what's the word? I'm, uh, tamed. And there are times when they flare up, and that's when I work a little bit harder than I normally do. And, and, uh, and then they go away for a long time. But disappear now. Yeah. I just rode down the road the other day and I was in my head doing something and I was like, you idiot. Like I could hear it just starting. Mm-hmm. And somebody called me, program person calls me and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm riding down the road just thinking about how horrible my life is. And I just go into this whole thing and they're laughing, you know, and I'm like, I'm glad you called, you know. I'm just, right. I, there it is. I got it, man. Me. Hang on. I got it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> Matt's life in a nutshell. But what's so what's so funny? What's so funny is they start laughing immediately because they know what I'm talking about. You know, well, and they're yes. like, "Oh, well, what? Tell me what's going on." You know, and they're egging me on, You're and spending I'm like, "Too much time in your head." And we exaggerated it so bad. By the end, we're both laughing, and and uh, well, it's over. You know, and we go on. Interesting so. to me is that that they would even say, I mean, I'm like not trying to say like they're wrong or by any means that people like us would never, like it would disappear because a lot of us, that was our go-to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like with any defect of character, if we don't stay on top of them, they can flare back up. Oh yeah. 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 Well, for me, the absolute, the uselessness part, I hundred percent it's disappeared, you know, um, I find myself when I dive off into self pity, I can get out of it really quick. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just you know, I just that's gratitude. Just, yeah, well, I mean, I just generally just tell myself to stop feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you thinking too much, got too much. You know, think about mm-hmm. something else or whatever it is. <laughs> go do something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, get up off of it and go do something. But absolutely. I mean, a quick. A quick deal with that is gratitude, and you you're feeling, you know, I get that crap, and I go, wait a minute, dude, what are you doing? Or like, usefulness? Look, look, yeah, well, I can I can tell you now. Back in early early recovery, like first six months, I wouldn't want to go home and be by myself just because I knew I would sit and yeah. feel sorry for myself. Right. You know what I mean? That, I that, totally. You know, kind of like the, you know, when we do the steps and we identify that we're the problem. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it just still doesn't make the problem go away. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's changed a lot with me. Um, it's not like it used to be. And used to be was, it was just a hundred percent all the time. And I, and I, I worked the steps through, you know, with, for loneliness years ago and it, it changed big time my life and it's great. I don't feel lonely anymore. So I don't really get into that kind of self pity anymore. Um, I feel solitude and I feel peace, but it's not to say it can't creep up every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. All right. Our next one, um, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Now, Matt, did you think all those years ago you would have a job in a treatment center? No, I thought I would be, if I was lucky, a permanent patient and not, <laughs> not working at all. <laughs> fair enough fair enough um I, I never actually thought that i would do anything go out of my way at all to ever you know help people yeah you know um it was all about what i could get next you know whether it was a car boat fish good time fun you know whatever it was you know it was always about um, my days did not consist of doing anything for anybody other than for myself mm-hmm and, yeah, same. Yeah, I, I just didn't think, that, you know, and I could justify it by saying I've got to look out for number one. I'm not, you know, blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to tell mm-hmm. something about somebody in this program that was pretty cool, and I'm not going to say their name, but um, I started this new job a week and a half ago. Also had some health stuff going on, so I got to change my diet, and that's, you know, bye-bye Bluebell ice cream. We'll just put it that way. You know, there was almost a funeral for Bluebell at that point. But I was like, not, not talking about self pity and just a touch of depression, you know, like I can't, like I I don't quit one thing. I mean, my God, I told the nurse on the phone, I was like, what what else do I have to quit with y'all? You know, you you got this list here. Just go ahead and give me all of it at once. But anyway, 
um just kind of was feeling weird and never never you know not a big thing at all just going on it's a life adjustment two or three at a time and i kind of familiar with that at this point i know what's going on the other person this was never brought up with them i i kind of would self-pity bullcrap come home the other night and on my front door there was a card and this person had handwritten this big card it was the sweetest thing ever and like i walked in i'd work till 11 so i got home about midnight and i'm like who left something on my door and i pick it up and that's what it was and it was about the situation in life right now and it was so sweet and it was somebody that just in their own head was like i this person may need a little help you know and i need a lot of help but <laughs> been sitting outside your house for a while man <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'll be like you never came home i left you a card <laughs> It was me. <laughs> I'm looking at you reading it through the window right now. You know, <laughs> some of us, you know, we're on that group text chain there. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, like it, it just it's just a testament to people thinking about stuff other than their own junk constantly. And uh, and, you know, and, and to that extent, when I do things for other people and I'm thinking about other people, that gets me out of my junk. And I tend to look back at it more black and white and go okay this is this this is that and i and i move on so um you know if you think your life's in bad shape come hang out at a treatment center a little while and uh you'll be very grateful to get in your car and go home and go you know what i don't have that today right so, or come where i'll work um well you can't but um. yeah. <laughs> you can go the hard way <laughs> you can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has to be <laughs> felony to get right. you there. So, in shackles. Now, right. the next promise kind of goes along with that. Self-seeking will slip away. Now, if you look at these two combined, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows, and self-seeking will slip away. How many times have we heard an AA mind your own business? Have <laughs> <laughs> you thought about that? <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, our business ends at the end of our nose, and the reason I've lost my serenity is because I was in somebody else's yeah. business. Mm -hmm. However, that can't be in mine because self-seeking. So, you know, not to confuse anyone, that's that's not what that's talking about, right? It's our genuine, our my genuine concern for another alcoholic. You know, I'm I'm gonna take my time. Um, I might have had something to do, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm going to spend that with another person because I'm not worried about getting in their business. I'm worried about their, their well-being, uh, right. you know, and self-seeking will slip away goes right into that because, you know, again, I go back to where it used to just be all about me. And now I can say, you know, what I got going will still be going later. I'll, I'll take care of that. This is, this is something big, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and if someone asks you to tell your story, I always tell it, no matter where. I don't care if it's a convention or just a, a local clubhouse. You know, it could be 10 people. It could be a 1,000. You know, it doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm just, I'm, I want to tell the story because there might be that one person out there who says, you know, I, there might be a little something to what this guy's got to say, you know. Yeah. Um, but self-seeking will slip away. And that doesn't mean you got to mind everybody's business. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, minding business versus trying to help somebody too, and recognizing there's an issue you can help them with, goes back to intent too. Am I doing that because yeah. I want to talk Motive. trash, or do I really want to help somebody? You know, right. mm -hmm. so that's two different. Deals and we talk right about there. motive in AA a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, what is, what is my motive? Am I, am I genuinely want to hurt, help this person? You know, and um, 
you know, and you, you see that. You really do see that. That's just, those are these are some of the phenomenal changes where you just kind of stop worrying about you. And you might be off on a Sunday, and you're like, "What can I do today for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or the people in Alcoholics Anonymous? What can I do today?" You know, and you know, and a lot of times that's what we go with whenever we've gotten to this point. You know, this phase in our development, right? Um. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. And thank God it has. <laughs> I used to think I was screwed. Now I know that I'm screwed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I used to be very angry. I mean, I was filled with anger. And I just don't. I've worked through my resentments. I've worked through all of that. I've done the changes. And I'm just not angry anymore. I'm not hopeless anymore i'm i'm completely the opposite of what i used to yeah. be and that's fabulous because it was nothing redeeming and and 100 you know it's just like the whole attitude on life and yeah i used to didn't care if i was alive or not same yeah you know outlook did not look very well you know and although life can change in a split second you know mm-hmm. i'm at least if it does i know there's something i can do yeah. Other than just sitting there and and yeah, just you everything was doom and gloom, if that makes sense. Oh, and, absolutely. And it's just not like that anymore. I don't my whole attitude and outlook on life is nothing as it used to be. And like what you said right there, I used to look out and go, Oh, this is gonna suck for the next whatever years and this is gonna come this is probably gonna happen. Now I don't worry about all that stuff. Yeah. When it happens, I'll do the best I can with it. Yeah. And I and that's a big deal. Just drop all that stuff. You know, I'm not gonna worry about is so and so gonna like me in two years. I don't care. It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> it just does not matter. It really you does know? it. Uh you know, people's uh people's opinion of me today is none of my business yeah Mm -hmm. i I don't care what people i just do the best i can um it's probably truth to all of it so you know i i I just do the best i can and um there's a there's a freedom in that you know we've already we've already talked about the fear of people and of economic insecurity but have we talked about the fear of people the fear of people has not been talked about Yeah. yeah i just i guess i never have had a fear of people yeah, I got a fear of people. And so I've always been pretty outgoing and just. I've always pretended to be. That's, Mike, I'm with you, man. Like, <laughs> I, I did. Like, everybody's like, oh, man, you're the life of the party. No, I'm not. I like to just be by myself. You're like, that's the what the drugs and alcohol were <laughs> yeah. for. And I and I, I use that. I'm not kidding, man. I, I that, no. For me. And everybody's like, oh, you don't like I know people everywhere. Like I can go. You can go anywhere. And I know somebody I've hung out with them and they're like, that dude knows everybody. I don't want to know them all, though. Mm -hmm. Like I just I'm okay on the front of a boat by myself. Forgetting the phone in the truck and nobody knows where I'm at. I'm okay with that. And I like I've gotten where I like being around people in short Spurts. Yes. Short spurts. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, same here. I mean, I'm I'm quite an introvert and I, I do like being alone and I'll need a lot of downtime, but I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. Well, and now I will say this, going to AA meetings, working with alcoholics, sharing in a meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you hear people become vulnerable and over time you become vulnerable. You'll you'll say stuff in front of people you would have never said in front of the people you care about the most. You're right. And, and I think that eliminates some of that fear of people, you know. But even with me, they they've got to be 
part of my crowd. You, you, my AA people, right? I can sit in an AA meeting in Tucson, Arizona, and say anything, right? right. But I'm not going to go and sit at a table full of my peers that I may work with and just say anything. Yeah, right. yeah that's not advised either. Well, I don't, right. I don't mean anything like Especially that. Especially like your boss. I've run into that. Don't just blurt things out. So, Well, there's so many people that that was the root of their addiction. Well, not, that's where it started. I mean, they, uh, they felt uncomfortable around people. They built a wall a long time ago and, and, learn not to trust people and people they have turned their back on people because they always let them down and alcohol turns into a social lubricant absolutely absolutely so that's what i feel like they're talking about and i I believe that you know so um good stuff right there um we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us where i've learned a lot about this one is i don't have to do anything Yes, I used to think I had to react to everything, and I have learned now that if if I don't know what to do, I don't have to do anything. You know, ah, there's a couple of things that go. You know, situations that used to baffle us: do I go to the party or don't I? Now I know for sure I don't. <laughs> or you know, do I drink or not? Now I know for sure I yeah. don't. And all you know, do I not have a filter on what I say? You know, now I know I do. Right, yeah. um, but as far as the biggest part of that promise that I've seen come true is I've learned I don't have to react. You know, if people are trying to get a reaction out of me, I don't even have to acknowledge the fact they're trying to get a reaction out of me. I don't have to do anything. I can sit quietly and do nothing, just as it says on page 13 in the big book. Which is nice. Yeah. I really did feel like I needed to interject me into a lot of things that didn't need to. Y'all are uh, about twice, more than twice down this road further than I am. So I still inject myself <laughs> with stuff. Um, and then I regret it instantly. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, this year, that's what I worked on is just silence. Just, yeah. hmm, and walk off. And yeah. Well, arguments don't last very long when you don't say anything. Joe B says quite often, I've never been in trouble for something I didn't say. Brian? Yeah. And then normally when I've given it time, and uh, I'll, I'll say this one: I was on a tractor. Uh, this was a this was a program and a God thing, um, and it was a big deal. Uh, my ex and I were having some child discussion about what to do with kids and things we're going to do. And I promise you, nobody can push the buttons like that one can with me. And that's just from from the past you know a lot a lot of long years in the past and uh so we had to have a conversation about them and two times in a row i was ready to have that conversation and i went nope because this is gonna really i know where i'm at so a week and a half later we end up having the conversation because i put it off and i managed to sit through it and it was probably the most productive peaceful talk that her and i have had in 10 plus years and we actually came to some common ground i didn't like the whole conversation i was uncomfortable i kept my mouth shut a couple times i you know but that is just a credit to this whole program of being in because it would have been burning it to the ground in the past and um um and i'm proud of you for that and i mean you know uh and we actually discussed how we should deal with each other on things, which was weird. And I said, you know, I would appreciate 
it, you, you we would get a lot further with this if so and so and she said well this is this so we've actually been okay and that's been a that's been a journey uh to work on it and uh and and what was funny at the end of it instead of having to have a decision made and a winner we both said let's just pause on it and let's let's give it a little time and see how things go and that was to me i was like okay and i got off i was out in the middle of nowhere on a tractor and i got off the phone i was like holy crap who is this had a conversation with (laughs) the devil you know i'm kidding i'm kidding but but uh you know yeah no she's pretty cool we had a we had a flyer at the club for the uh halloween deal uh one of the clubs and there was a witch flying in a broom on it and i was reading the announcement and i said hey they put my ex-wife on there and i showed them the room and everybody laughed and i called her the next day i was like hey did you did you know i talked about you in a meeting last night and i told her what i did she's like you're not right i was yeah. like well you know yeah. it always helps confess yeah she knows me <laughs> so <laughs> oh i see why we have trouble granting ourselves some grace yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh um uh, I'm not going to call this the last promise because a lot of people don't really have them numbered. Um, But this is the uh, last one we're going to discuss today. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's pretty deep. It is. And I still find that happening all the time. Something will just happen to prevent something that I was not quite sure about mm-hmm. and I realize that's just God doing for me what I can't do for myself. I just don't have the ability to do it, you know? Yeah. And what's so awesome about that is I can look back on my life, even back in my addiction when I didn't believe anything and see that it was happening then. And it was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. But. And it, it is a suddenly realize, you know, I actually just suddenly realize that God is doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know, just, you know, I don't know how it works. I, I don't even pretend to know how it works. I just know that there, there are times in life where it's kind of like the the last episode I talked about the, you know, the trip to Destin, Florida and things mm-hmm. worked out where I got transferred. You know, it's just God doing for me what I can't do for myself. It's neat when that happens. I mean, you're not exactly... Um sometimes prepared for it and it's not very comfortable when it does happen. But then when you realize that you suddenly, you know, realize it and you're like, Oh wow. You're like, thanks God. Well, the job situation I went through recently, I never, I never in the past, I would have worried and done all this stuff. And I didn't because I knew in that moment, I'd already known this is not the right situation something's got to change and when that job ended i went okay well let's see what's going on we'll wait and see yep. and Next. you just you just roll with it so yeah that's kind of what life is now that's the gift that keeps on giving clark that's right <laughs> god doing for us what don't we get me on. started on that that's I'll, my favorite movie no, I, won't. <laughs> I won't it's a lot of people's favorite movie man i won't do that to you um one of the listeners i forgot to mention on our last podcast was sheila she listens. Oh yeah, to us. she listens to us um, quite regular. I don't. I don't want to leave her out, you know. But we get, we got some regulars, you know. Yeah. We got Rhonda and Kim, and um, we got Faye and Michelle, and uh, we got Amy C down in Lacombe, Louisiana. Um, friend of mine, Adam. He was listening for a while. I don't know if he's still listening, but we got Larry and Judy. Mm-hmm. You know, we got. Um, we got Brian in Monroe. Brian in Monroe. We've got Ann in Taiwan. 
So speaking of, we have uh, listeners in Taiwan, um, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Denmark, Australia, Bulgaria, the UK, and Ireland, and um, trying to trying to get our show out to more countries. You know, as time goes on, I think that's pretty cool because that's like ten countries we're in. Mm-hmm. You know, ten countries, seventy five followers. Um, you know, which is not a whole lot of followers, but you know, they're devoted listeners. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the we keep the content coming. We encourage you to share share this with somebody that just needs to listen to it. Uh, that's why we do it. You know, um, two thousand five hundred and twenty one listens, and that was as of a week ago. So, I haven't really updated that those figures yet. But um, want to remind everyone, you can leave us a voicemail at area code 985-377-4816. We'd love to hear it from you. Play it on the air. Shoot that number a text if you don't want to leave a voicemail. Uh, if you don't want to play it on the air, tell me and I won't play it on the air. Um, we got an email address, which is uh, gnbbosier, G-N-B-B-O-S-S-I-E-R at gmail.com. Um, it's manned all day, every day. And, um, you know, love to hear from some kind of interaction. And um, I think our next episode, we're going to dive off into Step 10. So we will talk about Step 10 on the next episode and possibly the 10-step promises, you know. And that is my kind of like Jill's nice step promises. where I, I love the 10-step promises, you know. Remember where I was the very first time I heard them. But we need to discuss Step 10 you know, as a as a group, we need to discuss step ten before we dive off into the ten step promises. So, um, appreciate all our listeners and everyone actively involved with the show, and we will be back next week with step ten. Signing off from Bozier City, Louisiana. This is the Grouch and the Brainstorm. Yeah.